Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 93 of Curry in the Pot. Back again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back with another episode. And this is actually my first episode of July. So, you know, you know, happy, you know, new month or, you know, happy belated 4th of July and all that good stuff, man. Uh, We're recording on July 7th. This episode will be available on July the 8th. So I appreciate everybody for rocking with me. If you missed last week's episode uh, featuring my interview with Mr. Terrell Willis, the commissioner of the One League, I've actually had the pleasure of checking out the One League this past weekend. Definitely some good competition. If you guys are in the DMV area, make sure y'all go check that out on Fridays and Saturday evenings uh, over in Laurel. Uh, 701 Montgomery Street is the address. So if you guys get a chance, you know, and you like hoops, you know, if you if you fiending for some hoops and you can't get out to the Vegas Summer League like me, you know, make sure you go check it out. Uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, concessions, you know, some good competition, you know, a lot of D1, D2, D3 athletes in there. Uh, so make sure I go check that out, man. And if you missed last week's episode, like I said, featuring Terrell Willis and also the 13 year old Phenom Bank, we had a draft recap. So make sure y'all go check that out. But it's been a long time. The street's been waiting on this one and we got a free agency recap, but I am not alone. I got two very special people with me and, uh, you know, we all linked up together. But first things first, I want to welcome back Miss Takira Carter back to the show. Takira, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. Next up. I got a guy that Takira actually put me on to, and this is how we all linked up. But I want to welcome Mr. Xavier Wary, the host of the Other Side Podcast. What's going on, Zay? Hey, man. I'm doing great, bro. Thank you so much for having me on Curry in the Pod. I feel like I've made it now, bro. This is this is <laughs> big time pod, bro. Like, thank you for having uh, me. No problem, man. You know, we, we did an episode a while back, man. You let me have you had me on your show, man. So it was only right. You know, there was only a matter of time before I had you on here, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. man. So real quick, tell the audience about your podcast, man. You told me about it, but tell the audience all about the other side. Absolutely. So like Mike said, my podcast is called The Other Side. You can uh, get it on Spotify and Apple. But essentially, I'm just here to talk sports and give a different point of view to uh, certain topics. And also right now I'm working on a music uh, type of breakdown. I'm bringing on local artists from my hometown, which is Huntsville, Alabama. And I'm just having a conversation when I'm talking about their story, talking about some of their previous projects, their upcoming projects and kind of how they just, you know, approach the whole music business scene. So. Uh, that's something else that I'm kind of trying to do to venture outside of sports. But best believe I do talk sports. And like I like to always say, I keep it real raw and rugged always. Most deaf, most deaf. So, guys, uh, first off, how y'all doing? First off, how y'all doing? How was your 4th of July? Talk to me. And then y'all already know what we're about to hop into. Um, My 4th of July is good. You know me. I don't really do too much because um, mm-hmm. I just be. I just be trying to save money. That's all. So For if sure. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It, I don't do too much i'll just be chilling so um i actually have a good friend her birthday was on the fourth of july so we just went cut cake celebrated with her uh did some grown-up activities uh <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's just about it really but um yeah i just been chilling and i haven't done anything this weekend and i've been enjoying that i've just been watching the summer league for real and i'll that's be out 
Yeah, I'll be in Vegas Friday, so I'll go to. I'll probably go to the games on Friday. Uh, after that, it will probably get a little dry because half the teams is you know gonna be out. It'll be like playoff time. Mm-hmm. All right, Zay, what about you, man? All right, man. I had to work. Uh, get that time in half, you know what I mean? And then after that, it was just a lot of chilling. Fourth uh, of July, I don't really celebrate it too much. Uh, but Same. So, so funny thing, though, actually, I, I watched uh, The Hate the hate You Give. That right. movie makes me cry. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do it. I, I watched it, like, for the second time after I had went and supported it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And it was worse watching it the second time than the first time. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no! It's like, look look. I love the movie. Uh, it, it is definitely emotional and uh, it can rile you up. But I think that one of the brilliant things about the movie was uh, just the intelligence that like a lot of black people really have that the media doesn't really show. Uh, so I enjoyed that, and the soundtrack was fire. I did like the soundtrack a lot. Mm. Yeah, I was uh, just- most dev. I didn't do anything either. Uh, I just chilled with the fam, uh, me, my mom, and dad. You know, it's just three of us, only child syndrome. Uh, I just cooled it. You know, my dad hopped on the grill, had a few, you know, adult beverages in my system. And I actually went to the gym a couple hours later. My crazy self went to the gym uh, after having, you know, that, that lick in my system. But anyways, that's neither here or there. We are here to talk about free agency. And first things first, y'all already know where I'm going. Kawhi Leonard is now a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> and he is not alone. Paul George is a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. I- I'm, I'm going to start first and then, you know, whoever wants to take the floor next can do it. Uh, first of all, Woj dropped a couple of bombs at 2 a.m. All of us were asleep. And um, all of us, meaning us three. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> were blowing up my phone. A lot of people were blowing up my phone. And um, I woke up about 4, 4.45. And my phone is blowing up. Like, you would think it's my birthday or something. Like, nine people hitting me, laughing at me because I wanted Kawhi to come to the Lakers saying, OMG, bruh, bruh. This is madness. I get on Twitter. I see Kawhi Leonard sign with the Lakers and Paul George. I mean, I'm sorry. I said Lakers. The Clippers. Yeah. Uh, Clippers. And Paul George joined them, and the compensation was a lot. They gave up five first-round picks to get them over to the Clippers. And then, you know, they gave up Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Danilo Gallinari. And I was absolutely shocked. And um, I'm pretty sure, like, both of you guys were just shocked. Uh, So talk to me, guys. Uh, I personally, just like a lot of people, I am a Lakers fan, but I'm not opposed to him going to the Clippers. Would I have loved Same. him on the Lakers? Absolutely. Uh, I think, though, Kawhi goes to the Lakers, and th- they're just unstoppable, and they're the new Golden State Warriors, like high key. Um, and I'm actually okay with his decision in going to the Clippers I was very surprised but at least at least you know that there's going to be some type of balance um restoration back in the league you know I personally had gotten tired of seeing like Golden State just dominate I know you did because you you was picking Houston to beat them and then you actually did pick the Raptors to beat them so you know hats on to you for that and I respect the legacy that Golden State had and why wouldn't I you know greatness you know, it's something that they they had, and 
after a while, I'm like, okay, where where is the balance going to come from in the league? Like, I want to know that I can watch a game and a team is going to compete. And I think we're going to have that uh, coming up in the 2019-2020 season for sure. Um, so Kawhi to the Clippers was honestly great move to me, power move. A lot of people said they don't like the way he went about it and did it. But he's a secretive guy. Like, he's a quiet, mild manner. Like, you can kind of tell he's, like, low-key. I actually saw a tweet where it was, like, Kawhi's camp should win the Nobel Peace Prize because they know how to keep a secret. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, and That's I see, you know, if you go about it, everybody goes about their things a different way. And sure, it was late on the East Coast when you put that into consideration. But if he was on the West Coast when he made this decision, it was really like mm, 10 o'clock or something like that. So, yeah, I, I had to put it into that perspective as well. Zay? Yeah, so I think Ty has the strongest point as, as far as saying that you now restore balance back to the league. Because, uh, Mike, I was talking to you about it yesterday at the game where I said mm -hmm. this time, like, in over a decade where the league is this wide open. Like, you know, one injury or two and, and you really don't know what could happen. You know what I mean? And so um, I'm glad that he did choose the Clippers because if he did go to the Lakers, man, it, it would have been over with. It would have been L.A. and they would have won for as long as they wanted to, as long as they kept that 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 three man band together. But um, I think that it's a win for the Clippers as well as the Thunder, too, because I think that Oklahoma City finally realized that they were not going to win with Westbrook, Paul George and Stephen Adams together. So. Uh, I think that they're probably looking at it like, OK, it's time for us to go ahead and do this rebuild. And, and they got a, a lot of compensation, uh, as you alluded to earlier, five draft picks, Shea Gilgis, Alexander uh, Gallinari. So uh, I think that, that made it easy for them to kind of pull the plug on Paul George and ship him to the Clippers. But I mean, you look at the Western Conference now and I, I mean, it's yet like the Clippers might be the favorite because Kawhi just come off of, or just came off of winning a championship and you have Paul George to a team who already made the playoffs. But again, I think it's as wide open as ever before, man. I mean, you have a lot of teams who improve drastically mm -hmm. uh, in the Western conference. And so I, it, this, this is a great time right now to be a basketball fan because players have this uh, player uh, empowerment going on right now. So they're kind of controlling things more than ever before. And again, just restoring the balance is so huge for the NBA right now. Most deaf. Uh, so I wanted to piggyback on a bit of what both of you all said. Uh, I do like the fact that there is parity now. Uh, like you guys said, you know, if Kawhi would have went to the Lakers, you know, they probably it'd be stacking up them chips. You know, I would have loved it, but you know, everyone else wouldn't have, or they would just be. It would just be a team you love or hate. It literally would have been that. But now, you know, it's parity, and like I said to you yesterday, Zay, you know. This is the most wide open, in my opinion, that the league has been since, what, 06, 07? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's super wide open. And before we move on, I got to blast Chris Broussard and Jalen Rose because, you know, they thought they knew everything. Chris Broussard was saying, it's done. Lakers are done deal. 99% done deal. Jalen Rose said, Toronto Raptors, he's staying. 99%. It's a done deal. I had I just knew he wasn't staying with Toronto because, you know, the core of that team, those guys, like I told you yesterday, Zay, those guys are getting older. Serge Ibaka getting older. Kyle Lowry getting older. Marcus Saul, he's like 33. He just opted in. He's getting older. The only, you know, young pillars are Van Vliet and Siakam. And, you know, obviously 
You know, he 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 did what he came to do. He he got in, you know, got traded to Toronto and he left. I, I didn't think he really wanted to be there, but he delivered and you know, you know, he was able to make his choice. And I feel like I feel like he wanted to go to the Clippers all along, but I kind of felt like he didn't want to go by himself. So that's really my spin on it. Well, yeah. Um, and that's why they said he went about it in the way that he did, where he played like the waiting game. Well, you know, I'll come to the Clippers, but you got to get Paul George and bring him mm-hmm. along with me. And a lot of people or I'm not going to say a lot of people, but what I have seen on Twitter, the talk has been they kind of don't respect the way that he went about making the Lakers wait, thinking he was going to sign with the Lakers. But all along, Kawhi Leonard was really just stalling so they could get the deal done with bringing Paul George over. Um, but I can, you can't be mad at it. It's a business. You have to do things the way that are going to succeed these days. The league isn't how it used to be where players stay, you know, for years and years with the same team. Um, I feel like they're kind of players have the upper hand now because like they said, they're controlling their faith. They're not waiting for someone to let them go where all of a sudden they don't want you anymore. Like, no, I'm going to choose my destiny, do it the right way, make my money. And yeah, they're playing it really like, a business and the players are in control for sure and you know another thing you know like they saying they can go wherever they want it's even the same way when it when a star player demands a trade when a star player wants out because we saw what Kawhi did he wanted out of san antonio we saw what anthony davis did he wanted out of new orleans like the players have all the power especially the star players they, they have all the power yeah they and they get buzz off of that in the media feeds off of that like that is where they get their bread and butter like their job the media especially and that's why you know another thing why we didn't know where he was going to go because the media oh he's going to do this he's going to do that you don't know what the heck Kawhi was going to decide Kawhi could have went to you know anywhere he literally wanted you know the teams that were in the conversation but at the end of the day like he controlled his own fate and destiny and I respect that Mike I want to ask you and Ty a a quick question. Would you prefer to consume the free agency or trade rumors such as Kawhi and Paul George to where it just kind of happens out of nowhere? Or would you prefer the whole Anthony Davis spectacle to where you get an update almost every single hour of what um of what offers and stuff were made? I just kind of want to get get you uh your perspective. I liked it. Out of nowhere, because it was kind of like you wake up and you're like, oh, shoot, it's going down now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that every hour update is like a little absurd to me. It's like, OK, like we get it. He's leaving. Like, <laughs> do we know where he's going yet? No. But that's just personally like my thoughts. I think people become a bit obsessive with it. And they were certainly obsessive with Kawhi. But like I said, he was so good at keeping his business and stuff under wraps that it was only you could only be so obsessive because people really had no idea where they was going. It was not until after he said he was going to the Clippers where everybody's like, man, I knew he was going to the Clippers and all this stuff. No, you didn't know that. Like you <laughs> speculations and stuff. Sure. But everybody puts their two cents in. And so I liked it where he, he did it on his timing. Um as a far as opposed to Anthony Davis, like they literally talked about it and drilled it in our heads. It's like, okay, AD is great. Am I happy he's going to the Lakers? Yes. 
But his thing was more so, it was a little drama filled to me. But yeah, you go ahead, Mike. Uh, it kind of like the AD thing kind of got annoying because it's like, mm-hmm. all right, all right, when is it gonna happen, bro? Like we know it's gonna happen, but like, all right, when is it gonna happen? Mm-hmm. But like, I like how what you just said, like it sent shock waves around the league. Like Ty sent me a message when she woke up. I'm texting Zay at 5 a.m. when we're talking about the trade. Like I love this. Like like this is amazing. But I wanna uh I wanna move on. And I want to talk, well, I don't want to completely move on, but I want to say, does this make the Clippers the favorite to win the title? And then we're going to talk about some other moves. Um, I don't necessarily put them as the favorite to win the title automatically. You still have to see, like, sure, you have Paul George, you add an amazing player on Kawhi, but you have to see how everybody else meshes with that. Um, my concern would be, does that in any shape or form potentially take away from the gritty team that the Clippers were now that you add two superstar caliber players to the roster because I felt like the Clippers kind of played with that chip on their shoulder. They had to go hard like that because Mm -hmm. they didn't have that main go-to player. So they had to all buy in. So you just hope it doesn't take away from that type of play that they showed throughout this past season. Hey, Zay, I know exactly where you're about to go with this because we talked about it yesterday. So, so to, to answer the question, I think that right now it does make them the favorite. And I think that they're going to be able to mesh pretty well because as, as me and Mike talked about, I was watching a podcast where Lou Williams was on the Gilbert Arenas No Chill podcast. And Lou Williams said that they have a pecking order in L.A. and everybody knows where they, where they rank and where they fit on the team. And he said, look, all we need is just a guy or two really to just come and and be the guy and everybody's going to know where to fall into place. So I think that they're going to mesh well. And I also think that because of the culture and environment that is now the Clippers, which is so funny to say, right? Because I feel like five years ago, if anybody ever mentioned the culture and the environment of the Clippers, you're going to laugh at it. You're going to be like, come on, like that, the Clippers really? But what they've done as far as getting Doc Rivers, having Steve Ballmer and shout out to Jerry West, you know what I mean? Like the goat doing the goat type thing. Godfather. You see what I'm saying? And, And so I feel like that this team right now, they were really just two guys away. And they got their two guys. Now, they're going to have to fill out the rest of their roster, but they could probably do that with a few trade, uh, like a trade or two midseason to just, you know, add some more guys. But I also think that with a guy like Pat Beverly, he's not going to let you take a playoff. Pat Beverly does not care who you are. Like Kevin Durant had to come out and say, I'm Kevin Durant. You know how I am, because Pat Beverly was going up to him like he was treating him like. Dude, you're just another guy to me. So, you know, I think Pat Beverly also is going to hold guys to a standard and that perimeter is going to be a nightmare to try to score on because you have in Bev, Kawhi, and PG. Good luck trying to score on them efficiently. Um, and those are some great defenders as well, not just scores. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. sure. So, so, and, and again, I think Doc is. I, I think this is probably, arguably, Doc's best or second best team that he's ever had coaching. So, um, I me personally, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say best because I think. Uh, you know, the big three in Boston, they were a little bit past their prime. And then, you know, he had uh, he had Blake and those guys, too. But I will say, I think I, this might be his most talented team. Because PG, PG and Kawhi in their prime, bro. Yeah, you know, true true enough. But I feel like Boston was more complete as a team. You know what I mean? I give you that. Yeah, I give you that. Yeah, but I, I mean, hey, like, who knows what their roster looks like when it really matters, you know, in mm-hmm. May. So, again, but as of right now, I just think that they have to be the favorite. So what do you guys think about the whole, this has been a topic of discussion, 
LA is not a Clipper town though. LA is Lakers. So how do you feel these players or the fans will be receptive to Kawhi and Paul George? I feel like Kawhi is automatically just a likable player. Um, from, you know, outside looking in a player standpoint. And then Paul George is kind of like, eh, you know, some people hate on him for whatever reason. So how do you feel um, the town of L.A. is going to be towards them? Because people just automatically, you know, count the Clippers out because of the Los Angeles Lakers. And I was even uh, listening to something where they was like, the Dodgers is like the next team up that is light in the city of L.A. Mm. Go ahead, Zay. So, me personally, I think people just flock to winning at the end of the day. Uh, I Obviously, you're still going to have your brands. So, L.A., like the well, not L.A., but the Lakers are still going to always sell out, just like somehow the Knicks do for whatever the reason. But at the end of the day, um, I just think people are going to flock to winning. And because PG and Kawhi are both from L.A. I was going to say that. Yeah, like I think people are going to be pretty – I think there's going to be a warm – uh, reception to both of them but I mean right now as far as the state of California like there's not a bad team in there right now so uh, I, I'm excited to to watch LA both both versions the Clippers and the Lakers alright so since we're, we we talked we touched on the Lakers what do you guys think about and essentially their plan B you know they, they, they went out and they spent money on Danny Green DeMarcus Cousins at the minimum Rajon Rondo back again on the minimum JaVale McGee back KCP back, Quinn Cook back. I love that move. I mean, Quinn Cook back. On, I mean, on the team, I love that move. Um, you can put else? it on the players. At the end of the day, they're willing to go for the minimum minimum because they believe that they are going to win with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I like it though. You need all, especially all the injuries and stuff that the Lakers have gone through. They needed that death added to mm-hmm. their roster. Man, let me say something. If uh, it, I, I hope and I pray if uh, Iggy gets bought out, Lakers pick him up too, because man, I, they, I feel like they need a, another. Uh, like I need, I feel like they need a defensive stopper, uh, especially when you got you know Kawhi and PG, you know, in the same in the same uh, town, in the same division, et cetera, et cetera. But Zay, what you think of the Lakers' moves? I like the moves. Um, one thing that I didn't really realize until maybe about a day ago. Well, I guess like after it happened, but I was like. Well, you have Rondo, AD, and Cousins all together again. And last time we saw that, they actually looked pretty good together in in uh, New Orleans. And now you add LeBron James to that. Obviously, like this is this is a really really good roster. Um, I think that things could have gone gone a lot worse once you. Oh, all, most definitely. I, I, once you all realized that you couldn't get Kawhi, it could have gotten really ugly. But I think that the Rondo signing was Danny Green was huge for you all because you all need a shooter. Shooter, absolutely. Yeah, and then. Cousin signing was like, okay, like this is either going to be pretty good or it's going to be kind of like, I don't know about this one. Because, Mike, I was asking you and Todd, feel free to feel free to uh, give me your your uh, two cents as well. But I don't know how the boogie thing is going to work, because I feel like they're going to have to decide if they want to play, play fast or slow, because I've never seen LeBron play with two bigs before, two talented bigs before. Mm. Mm, that, that, yeah, that, that's a t- that's a tough one, certainly. I think 
aside from playing, I just think that's a lot of personalities. Like that, you know, we we Hey, that tweet you sent me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot of attitudes and personalities. And that's the hard part about going to a team with a you know, a whole bunch of big time players. I mean, I feel like they certainly won't have a problem with closing games. Um as far as the speed goes I'm sure I would personally like to see them play, you know, faster basketball. Boogie, he going to either have to catch up because he didn't have it all going for him. He was hurt half the year, you know, with the Warriors when he did play. I'm like, this isn't the DeMarcus Cousins that we used to see. So I feel like he would have to get his groove back regardless and really have to just adjust to what the King says. You know what LeBron (laughs) says goes for real, for real. To shed some light on the tweet that I was referring to that Takara sent me, it said, it said, when Braun, Boogie, AD, Jason Kidd, Rondo, and JaVale McGee all ask Frank Vogel, who the F do you think you're talking to? <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I know, but, like, just think about it, though. It's like, these are some dominant men, like, aggressive, don't take no mess. It should be, I think it's going to be hilarious, actually. So, but I'm excited to see them all play together. I'm just like, dang, that's, uh, just, that, that's some star power on a roster. For uh, sure, for sure. All right, so I want to move on, and I want to talk the East Coast. Uh we have to start with this one first. We got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going to Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? And I put and DeAndre Jordan. So talk to me about what you guys think of this move. Or these moves, I should say. Oh, well, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm liking it. Uh, Brooklyn was a, you know, a, a decent team without Kyrie and without Katie. So I think, you know, with the addition of them, we'll just have to see how they coexist together. But this is, um, oh, and DeAndre Jordan. But I think this is a move that they both wanted. Obviously, Kyrie will be without Kevin Durant for a while as he recovers. And at that point where he's playing without him, I would like to see growth just kind of from a leadership standpoint of Kyrie Irving I think he's often he, he's played for teams and his he he's an alpha type dude his attitude is one of the things where I just want to see how he works with the team like Brooklyn you saw they had the whole bench mob and stuff like that so hopefully some of that that good great energy just rubs off on Kyrie of course he can score with the best of them he can play with the best of them DeAndre Jordan he's obviously I, I don't why do you say oh and DeAndre Jordan though like because it was like it was like oh. it was like it was like they got DeAndre Jordan to come too because that was their friend and they already got Jared Allen, who is essentially a younger DeAndre Jordan. Absolutely, yeah. But so I, I feel I like was a little confused. you can never have too much if you're Brooklyn. All these teams need the depth. The injury bug goes around the NBA like crazy. And I feel like the team with True. the most depth is, you know, bound to have a great season. You have to be ready. I think everybody uh, will have to stay with that next man up mentality because of 
the potentials that could happen throughout the long season that they have to endure. And then, you know, you always have at least that one superstar who starts out not playing for a while, whatever reason, precautionary or, or sitting out this game, that game. Low so, management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the DeAndre Jordan pickup was, you know, if, if we're going to say that essentially just decent, you got to have that, that one goon. Older <laughs> player. It doesn't hurt, especially since KD won't be playing for a while. For sure. Zay? Yeah, so uh, when it happened, I had people hitting me talking about my Brooklyn Nets got KD and Kyrie. And I'm like, it's not my Brooklyn Nets, but I I, I absolutely love the Brooklyn Nets. Like, I have this infatuation with them, man. Like, de- uh, dating back to last year, uh, I love D'Angelo Russell. I mean, uh, even though he's no longer there, but Karis LeVert took me by surprise this past season. And Spencer Dinwiddie is a bucket getter. Uh, mm-hmm. I started liking Joe Harris. Uh, he t- he Knocked did- down. Yeah, like he he reminds me of like a JJ Reddick type player. Um, I did like Jared Allen. He started he started to come along, and I just found myself watching Brooklyn Nets games all year. So when they got KD and Kyrie, man, I was I was extremely happy because I didn't like the talk of them going to the Knicks because like that made no sense at all whatsoever. And the media tried to force that narrative of man, where they want to bring the Knicks back to prominence. But man, like here's the thing about it: they are they are beyond incompetent. That franchise is dysfunctional and and it's it's a dumpster fire. And we and when you look right across the borough and you look at Brooklyn, they're doing everything right. You know what I mean? From coaching to uh, general management to culture, environment, all of that good stuff. So um, I'm beyond happy with the moves. Obviously, you're going to have to take a gamble with Kyrie because the way things ended in Boston, people were starting to look at Kemba as an upgrade or somebody of equal value and maybe even prioritizing D'Angelo Russell over Kyrie because people don't want to take on that headache. Uh, I mean, he, he completely came in and just shifted the culture of Boston. It seemed this past year and almost seemed to make everybody miserable showing up to work. So yeah, yeah, all eyes are going to be on Kyrie this year because you're like, okay, you made one team essentially take two steps backward. If you do this to Brooklyn, then we're going to have to look at you and evaluate you differently. Uh, and we're also going to have to elevate LeBron James at the same time for getting the most out of Kyrie Irving. But um, mm. I don't necessarily think that what happened last year is going to be what Kyrie Irving is eventually. You know, uh, I think that he's going to be going to work every day with, some, again, some of his best friends, DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant. And um, Spencer Dinwiddie was saying that um, he, he like him and Kyrie are kind of like the same brain wavelength or whatever like that. I mean, those are two very smart dudes, but. You know, I'm excited to 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 see this go down. Um, I don't think I've ever really seen a, a relevant New York team in my life. So I think this is like this is going to be the first time there's a real relevant basketball team in New York. Um, so, you, you know, I'm excited. But I just hope and pray KD comes back and he's at least similar to what he was. You know, like that Achilles, like we're not really talking about it as much as, you know, I mean, because that like, he's going to be a year removed. But. You know, it's not a guarantee that he's going to come back and be that same dude. So, absolutely. yeah, I mean, I'm praying for because I love KD uh, and and he is a special type of player. But uh, that's going to be the huge if, because if he doesn't come back and he's not the same dude, I mean, I don't know how realistic their championship chances are. Mm. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out about the Achilles. I was watching a Gilbert Arenas podcast and he was talking about how he didn't hurt the Achilles on his jumping leg like guys like Kobe did. Uh, Dominique Wilkins did and Boogie did. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But, you know, I do hope that he comes back. But my thoughts 
on KD and Kyrie taking their thoughts to Brooklyn. I thought it, I thought it was really interesting. I actually got on Instagram live, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes after it happened, after I left the gym. And I just thought it was I just thought it was extremely interesting. You know, you add, you know, two guys that are really good friends and you add DeAndre Jordan, another one of their good friends. And, you know, obviously, like you guys mentioned, KD's not going to be there for probably next year. But it's it's an interesting team, especially on paper. I want to see how it works, you know. I want to see, you know, who's the alpha, who, you know, because Kyrie's a little ball dominant, obviously. But I just, I just want to see how it works. But I definitely think it's interesting. It's definitely going to be box office, you know. And I also said that I think, in my opinion, these are the two most skilled players in the game as far as pure skill. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about handling the ball, being able to get their own shot, being able to pull up from almost anywhere, you know. And, you know, Kyrie's finishing ability is, you know, second to none. I just think, you know, those are the two most skilled players in the league. So I just think the move is absolutely interesting. And I, it sucks that we got to wait, you know, a whole nother year to see KD and Kyrie together. But, you know, they got some other good parts, as, you know, you guys mentioned. Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. But uh, I think it's going to be a nice little team. Yeah. And um, you mentioned how Kyrie is ball dominant. I don't mind him being ball dominant. It's when you are ball dominant and don't know the stature of what you have around you. Like other people can do things as well. I think there's a way to be, you know, ball dominant and get your buckets, but also encouragingly, um, is, that, is that a word? Encouraging others, you know, getting them the ball Letting them know, like, you know, letting them rock. I think it's the leadership aspect that I will be, you know, excited to see from Kyrie. And like you said, when you get a, with your friends, maybe that will make things better because you For can sure. kind of take what they're giving you. Like, you'll, you'll listen. And now he's he's probably more receptive. He's played with guys like LeBron. And I think he even mentioned where – he now understands what LeBron was trying to preach to him when he was a young guy. And, you know, you, you live and you learn and you grow as a basketball player and basketball wouldn't be the sport that it is without those growth aspects. So hopefully he can just pass that down to others. He doesn't take away from that great energy that Brooklyn already has there. And I think they'll be, Pretty decent squad. He's also an injury-prone player, so him staying healthy uh, Mm -hmm. will be absolutely essential to the Nets' success as well. Uh, You know, he's been through his fair share of injuries, sitting out, not playing, um, and stuff like that. So hopefully he can stay healthy as well. And like we said, every player's recovery time is different with injuries such as Achilles and the way that they come back. But like they said, hopefully we don't see a different KD. For sure. I I lastly on it, I think that with them being in the East, that's going to benefit Kyrie because he's not going to be forced to have to bring it every single night, right? And mm-hmm. also because that team made the playoffs last year, you can trust in guys like Dinwiddie, LeVert, Joe Harris, uh, uh, Allen to bring it and not necessarily need Kyrie or KD, you know what I mean? Just to get through uh this this season in particular but i think that them being in the east man really really benefits them so he'll be able to take those games off and kind of quote unquote load manage uh himself this year for sure so on the flip side of this 
This was also a part of a sign and trade. D'Angelo Russell is now a member of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, this guy has had a very, very interesting career. Like, you go on the Lakers, you know, you have the whole... You, first of all, let me back it up. You get drafted by the Lakers, number yeah. two overall pick. Your rookie season, you're playing alongside Kobe Bryant, who was in his last year, and he's going on a farewell tour. So I thought that was also, you know, a little hard. And then, you know... You know, you have the whole Nick Young incident, Iggy thing. We all know that story. Then he gets traded to Brooklyn, and he sort of, you know, finds new life. And, you know, he was an all-star last year, and now he's going to the Warriors, a very, very good, stable organization. I just think, you know, this guy's had a hell of a, you know, interesting career. Like, like he really went from playing with Kobe, then you go to Brooklyn, and now you you not now you with the Warriors. Like you get to play with Steph, you get to play with Draymond and Clay when he gets back. Like that's interesting. Like, well, I just think it's uh, really interesting. Yeah. And it's and it's a, I think it's a good move. You know, Golden State they lost they lost KD, and uh, you know people are saying you know they may move D'Angelo Russell or whatever, but you know he's gonna be there because Clay Thompson is gonna miss you know significant time. You know I just think. I think, you know, that's a good move considering they lost KD. You know, you get an all-star, you know, caliber type of player. Uh, but what you guys think? Well, they said for D'Angelo Russell, like, uh, they're sign him when Clay comes back, probably get rid of him. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case or if that has to be the narrative to him. Because what if he goes there and performs really well? Right. You know, do you, in fact, keep him at that point? And I think he's grown so much from, you know, being a rookie with the Lakers and going to the Brooklyn Nets and really coming into his own. His growth has been tremendous. An NBA All-Star this past season. So I think it's a good move, especially for a franchise like Golden State. Golden State makes incredible moves because they always want to think about that next step and continuing to build they lost kd so what's my counter move let's go get d'angelo russell in a sign and trade does that mean that golden state is going to be the same team no because you know you lose a um some great pieces such as andre Iguodala, a great defender mm-hmm. but now you have the original squad back once Clay gets healthy. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the talk was, well, they did it without Katie. How will they be now that he's gone? Um, you know, I guess we're good. We'll say. And I think that's going to be interesting to see. Do they still have it? Steph, Clay, um, Draymond. Um, I don't know if, um, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin Kevon Looney. They signed him back and they also picked up Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah. So they're a franchise that makes good moves. They're always trying to continue to be, you know, in the mix contenders, at least I don't think there's ever a time, like I said, where you can really count Golden State out. So I think going for D'Angelo Russell was actually um, the perfect move. Hey, Zay, before you go, uh, Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell going to be barbecue chicken on defense. <laughs> before, you, <laughs> before you go, man. <laughs> but go ahead. So so funny thing is, man, when that happened, that was one of the first things I thought about. I said, backcourts are going to love playing against them because they are going to absolutely go off. 
But it's funny how how you were running off D'Angelo record, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell's track record, right? Uh, talking about how when he first came into the league, being with the Lakers, and then you know getting traded to the Nets, and then becoming an All Star. Now he's with Golden State. The dude is only 23 years old. So the mm-hmm. upside for him, man, like he can, I think he's going to come to Golden State and he's going to absorb so much knowledge and information from Steph, from Clay, from Draymond, from Steve Kerr and the whole Warriors in, in entirety. And he's going to be able to take that with him wherever his next step is. And Ty brought up a good point. You know, everybody's talking about they're just going to use him as a trade ship. But I mean, give it time. Like we, they haven't yep. even. You know what I mean? Like we're still in July, so <laughs> right. game first. You know what I mean? And so it absolutely could work. Now, Mike, you bring up an excellent point defensively. Oh no, 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 no! You're gonna have to try to figure something out, and you're gonna like mm-hmm. it's already hard enough hiding Steph, but now you're gonna have to try to you know what I'm saying? Hide D'Lo. Like that's gonna be a problem. But uh, I, I absolutely believe that it could work because of how the Warriors run their system and how they run their. Mm-hmm. Organization, people don't come in there and mess up their organization. You know what I mean? It's almost very similar to the New England Patriots. Like, you're gonna come in there and you're gonna adapt uh, because you're gonna understand it. It's gonna bring out the best in you. And so, I think that what what it is gonna do, it's gonna help Steph while Clay is out because it, it's gonna give Steph another uh, playmaker. You see what I'm saying? Who can actually shoot and score? Draymond is a good playmaker, but I mean, look, they said Draymond shoots like he wears a backpack. You know what I mean? So like, people aren't really. <laughs> Not really fearing Draymond Green when he's Draymond shooting. is, you know, an X factor <laughs> at the end of the day to me. Like, uh, I, I'm not gonna rely on him down the stretch to go get a bucket, but he he's a he's a guy you would want to have on your team. You oh, no, wouldn't want to be playing against him, but more so have him on your team. Hey, no, absolutely. I love Draymond to be honest with you, but like, just as far as you know, offensively down the stretch, it's like I'm not gonna count on him to like make a play. Uh, if I need a bucket, you know what I'm saying? But now Steph has somebody else who can go get his own bucket uh, in in D-Lo. So, I mean, I think that that helps. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, they are going to move into the new arena. So they obviously need to be competing because those I was reading something and, and it was talking about the prices of the seats. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. So if you're going to be charging people that much money, in my mind, you better be putting out a winning product. And I think they're still going to be relevant for the time being. Some people said that they wouldn't make the playoffs. I think that's a little bit far-fetched. I think that they're definitely going to make the playoffs, but uh, it's definitely going to be a different Golden State team this year, and uh, I'm eager to see how it pans out. The West is going to be crazy, though. I mean, I, I know that's not really the topic right now, but... Oh, I oh we're going we're gonna to discuss it. We're going to discuss it. Oh, okay. It. Let me rewind then. Sorry. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk. We're going to talk about it. Uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the last topics. Uh, next, I wanted to talk about... Um, Al Horford to the Sixers. Would you guys make it out one? It, you know that that's a good move because to me he's very skilled, uh, but he's a bit undersized when you go up against the bigger guys every night. So if they plan on having him at the you know as a four and then and beat as a true five, I think that helps elevate his game so much because he doesn't have to worry about matching up with the fives on the other teams. Um, but I personally think that uh, the Sixers, they didn't get worse losing Jimmy Butler and adding Al Al Horford, but I think that Jimmy Butler was a player who got after it offensively and defensively. So you lose out on that piece. Um, in big moments now without Jimmy Butler, I don't necessarily think they have a closer. Yeah, they they lost a true bucket getter. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna touch on this one real quick. I thought 
like when I first saw it, I was like, eh, that, that's weird. Like that's that's, yeah. that's confusing. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Al Horford was gonna go to the Pelicans because I seen us uh, on Twitter. He, I mean, on Instagram, he follows Zion and uh, Drew Holiday. I was like, okay, you know, that'd be a nice pickup for the Pelicans. But it's it's a little weird. But I do think that Al Horford is gonna, uh, you know, he's a he's a really good veteran. Like he's gonna, I think he's gonna be good and. Uh, rub off on Ben Simmons and Embiid in the right way as far as, you know, getting those guys to mature a little bit. Uh, but I still think as far as Philly, they go as far as Ben Simmons goes. Like, I'm yeah. going to always think that. I do like the fact that they picked up Josh Richardson. But as you alluded to, they lost Jimmy Butler and they also lost J.J. Redick, too. Um, so it's going to be interesting because they, they lost a true bucket getter, a guy who consistently get their own shot and they're closer to. I, I got I got to see it I I, I got to see it but Zay you can go ahead yeah no man so it to me it was it was the weirdest uh, free agency pickup to me because I was just it, to me it just didn't fit or really make a whole lot of sense now defensively I think that the same way how that that perimeter of the Clippers is going to be stout I think that it's going to be hard to score in the paint against Philadelphia but offensively man just just to your point Ben Simmons is going to really he's going to have to control this whole thing because. If he doesn't shoot the basketball, then there is no spacing on the court. Because you mean to tell me I got Ben Simmons, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid all on the court together. And let's just say that Ben Simmons comes back and he's the same guy, right? I'm not worried about you offensively as a unit. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be easy to stop. And um, it's just going to be unfortunate if that's the case because they're paying these dudes a lot of money. And they just offer. Yeah, Ben Simmons has got the extension. Yeah, so I mean, like you—you you think about all the money that's tied up in Horford, who's older, Embiid, who's injury prone. Tobias. And that's another thing about—I didn't mean to cut you off, but Horford is like 33, bro. I'm not <laughs> giving no guy four-year max that's 33. I don't, bro. Hey, man, I need to be a GM or something in the front office or something, bro. I ain't giving a 33-year-old. that's not. What is Al Horford, bro? Like, what? What would we say? He's a top what player? Like, what is he? A top what? Top 30, maybe. 35, 40, yeah. yeah it, top 30 at best. That's so we can say that at best he's top 30. So I'm not I'm not giving this guy a four-year max, bro. Yeah, and, and to me, man, Horford is a really good system type dude. You know what I mean? Like, if you like, I think he was absolutely perfect for Boston. He and was. Every- I think they're going to miss him. I think oh. they're going to miss him. Uh, okay, well, well, look, funny thing about Boston is, it, you know, they go from Al Horford to Ennis Cantor. Like, that is almost the complete uh, – because Horford brought it defensively, and we mm-hmm. know what Ennis Cantor is going to do on, on defense, a whole lot of nothing. So, um, you know, again, defensively, it's going to help them off the bat. But offensively, bro, just to your point, if Ben Simmons does not come back somewhat a new player, it's a wasted move. Mm, for sure. Uh, anybody got anything off that? <laughs> hey man, Ben Simmons gotta come with it, man. Or me and Zay gonna be on him, cause cause we was on him last year, so we are gonna be on him again if he don't come with it. Uh, next move, uh, since we getting off the Sixers and we talking about Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler to the Heat. I want to say this real quick. Uh, this guy contradicted himself a lot. Um, he went on ESPN, blasted Wiggins, blasted Carl Anthony Towns gets traded to Philly and the Sixers could have been in the Eastern Conference Finals if it wasn't for Kawhi Leonard making that shot for bounces. I thought that they should have ran it back. I thought I, I really thought they should have ran it back because the East is like wide open this year. Um I thought they should have ran it back. But uh Jimmy Butler to the Heat, I, I can only say he just 
he just wanted to go to a different team and have his own team. That's really all I can. That's that's all I can make out of that move. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know because it's just like we know Jimmy Butler is a he's a bucket getter and he can play. He can play defense. He can strap up. I don't know how that move is necessarily going to benefit him on the spectrum of winning games. Uh, Like I said, the rumors, the rumors. We don't know how true this is that Westbrook is going to try to demand a trade to team up with Jimmy Butler Mm -hmm. uh, with the Heat. That would be interesting, to say the least. Um, You know, people say you can't really win with (laughs) – Westbrook. Westbrook had the benefit of playing with Paul George, KD, and um, I can't. Oh, James Harden. I was about to say, why can't I think of his name? James Harden. <laughs> so I, I really don't know. Like I, I can agree with you where Jimmy Butler probably just wanted to be the star, the show of. You know his team. I was actually watching. He has a YouTube channel where he. Uh, Jimmy Butler made a video with his team basically discussing how he thought Philly would work out and stuff like that. He didn't necessarily want to go, according to his video. Um, And he was basically talking about how when he moves, you know, your whole camp, your whole team has to move. So I don't think that was necessarily the move that he did want to make. Um, according to his video, you know, his everyday life thing taken away from what the media has to say about it and stuff like that. Like you have to make the decisions you, they were, this was before he made his moves talking about him, like going to, uh, New Orleans and Houston and stuff like that. And he was like, well, the only thing about going to Houston is it's hot. So I, I think this is, you know, it was kind of like a, he didn't really know how it was going to go down. And he, he talked about how. He was trying to make the best move necessarily, uh, not necessarily for himself, but the people who, you know, is with him, like his team, because they have families and stuff like that, etc. Yeah, mm. uh, I did see the video that, that Todd was talking about because he was asking everybody in his camp, like, where would you want to go? Take me out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but. The whole move to Miami, as far as Jimmy Butler, Mike, you you hit the nail on the head. He he contradicts himself. Jimmy Butler's just a different type of dude because one minute he says, you know, I want to win, and then he goes somewhere like Miami. Now, maybe Philadelphia didn't prioritize him. If I was Philly, I definitely would have prioritized him over Tobias Harris. But it is what it is. And, I mean, Miami's just going to be, again, a mediocre team. I mean, they'll be in the East, so they can, you know, probably fight for like a five to six seed. But, I mean, I, I wasn't really itching to watch Miami Heat games. And as much as I like JB, I'm still not really itching to watch them. Now, if you take Westbrook over there, I think they're they're pretty close to must-see TV because just like, when is this thing going to combust, if it ever does? But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, it's just a it's just a kind of a sleeper move for me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, next move. Uh, we were just talking about this a little bit. We, we got Kimber Walker going to the Boston Celtics. I like this move. I think I think Kimber Walker is going to buy in more to Brad Stevens than Kyrie did. I like this move. But one thing I do think is I think they're going to miss out Horford. And they also lost Marcus Morris, who I thought 
was uh, one of their better shooters on the team. And, you know, nice, nice, gritty, tough guy. You know, a guy that is nice to have on every team. But what did you guys make of the Kimba going to Boston? I personally like that move. Um, and I like it for this reason. I think he'll get the young guys involved. He played for a team in Charlotte where he had to do a lot of the work, but you don't really see or didn't see Kimba really complain a lot. He wasn't a head case. He, he mm-hmm. went to his business and it was kind of over. I think that's the type of player and a point guard that Boston needs. Kind of like when Kyrie was out and Rogier was running the show. That's when Boston, um, not this past season, but the prior season, was playing some of their best basketball. Jason Tatum was at his best as a rookie. Uh, Jalen Brown was playing really well. Uh, yes, you take the Morris twin out, and he was a big part of the Celtics team, if you ask me, as far as being gritty, getting Most bold, defensively, just bringing that toughness to the squad. But I think adding Kimba a score, also someone who is going to get teammates um, involved, and then a player with a good attitude shoulder on his head. I think he's not afraid, you know, to share the ball, um, encourage Tatum. Like Tatum didn't have that same season this past season as a, do they call him sophomores in the league? Okay. As, as a sophomore, as he did as a rookie. And I would really like to see him get back to that swag that he, Kimba will be able to most definitely bring that out of him. And for the most part, yes, you lose Horford, and that is a big part of the team. But I think adding Kimba was um, a, a pretty good move. Real quick, Zay, before you go, I um, I think, I think, I definitely think you know Kimba's a perfect fit because I think he's gonna give the ball up. Like you know, he's gonna move, he's gonna make the ball ball move. Like mm-hmm. on Charlotte, he ain't had nobody to get the ball to. Exactly. Jeremy Lamb, me, me and Ty was talking about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's their second best player, and he just went to the Pacers. And uh, Ty said Marvin Williams, and his, <laughs> and, <laughs> like seriously, like I mean, but it's not a joke though. That's really the uh, it, it's, it's facts. <laughs> it's it's all facts. So and and you got some talented, you know, young players on the Celtics where you know he can give the ball up. Like he he won't mind. Like like this is a really good fit. Unfortunately, I'm a Lakers fan, so I do not like this. You know, I, I do never, I never want to see the Celtics do good. But you know, it's a really good fit, man. Zay, what you got for me? Man, I like the move, but they they lost a lot, man. Horford was their anchor, um, mm-hmm. so 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 losing Horford is a big blow. They also, again, as you all said, lost the Morris twin, who was really really good for them, and then losing Rozier. But you kind of had to if you're going to pick up a point guard. You knew that was going to happen, um, but. Kimba to me is going to be, he's going to come in and almost kind of be the antithesis of what Kyrie was as far as being low maintenance. You know what I mean? He's not going to bring a lot of drama, no drama at all, really. And, uh, you know, Ty brought up a good point. I think that he's going to elevate the guys like Tatum and Brown and uh, uh, Gordon Hayward. Because I remember after the after this uh, Tatum playoff run after his rookie year, yo, I'm I'm sitting here thinking he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I was just going <laughs> He's not the only one. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, what happened to this guy this year? Like, he's not the same. He don't got that same. Like, he didn't even look like he was having fun on the court. Like, some things I was watching, he looked did, miserable. Miserable, disengaged, you name it. Yeah, uh, look, look, there were so many times where I was watching a Boston game and I said, 
Is Jason Tatum even on the court? And right. And I, I would check the box score. Peep this fourth quarter. He has six shot attempts. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is so much offensive potential that you have on the basketball court. Why is he not shooting the ball more? You know what I mean? And, and obviously there's more to basketball than just shooting and scoring. But when a guy is that offensively gifted, utilize that talent that's given to you. You know what I mean? And so I think that with Kimba being there, I think that it's going to it's going to help everybody else out because I think that Jalen Brown had the most to lose last year. And I think Jalen Brown's pretty, pretty good at this basketball thing. Right. But I think that he got the short end of the stick playing with Kyrie. Like there were times they're bringing him off the bench, barely playing him, And, you know, like you just get thrown out of rhythm. You know, Ty, you can definitely uh, attest to this more since you played uh, D1 ball. But, you know, I'm sure that once you get into the rhythm of being a starter and then you get reduced to a role play and then your minute, your minutes become mismanaged. Whenever you do finally get in and touch the ball, you're almost like, I kind of have to shoot because I may not see it again. And it's not even that. It's a mental game as well. Like, we forget that these players, more than likely, you come out of college, you're the best player at your school. It's, it's all about the, the transition process as well. And that can get you in a little funk mentally. Like, you know the capabilities of what a basketball player can do, but they're not performing because now it's a head game. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, even though I didn't play D1. But, you know, I can agree with that. Uh, I wanted to talk about a few teams, you know, underrated teams that made some moves. I I wrote this down on the list. Jazz, Pacers, Trailblazers, and Pelicans all improved their teams. The Jazz added Mike Conley, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, The Pacers, they added Malcolm Brogdon. And they also added Jeremy Lamb and I believe somebody else. I'm just, I can't think of it. Um, and the Trailblazers, they got Hassan Whiteside. You can say what you want about him. They got Hassan Whiteside. And uh, they got Rodney Hood back. Uh, Kent Bazemore as well. Got rid of Harkless. Got rid of Harkless. <laughs> got rid of Harkless. And the Pelicans, uh, you know, they added Derek Favors. And they also added J.J. Redick. I really like that pickup. Uh, so what did you guys make of those, you know, sort of, you know, under the radar moves? The Pelicans are going to be a team to, uh, they're, they're going to be nice. They'll, they'll be watch. fun back and Let's watch. Yeah, they have Lonzo Ball. You have um, Josh Hart. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. Zion Williamson. Um, although I'm still not a person that's completely sold on his game, especially watching him on summer league. He only played one game and he's shut down right now. Um, I'm not saying that he will not do well his rookie season, but if he's a player who is going to focus primarily on power and dunking and stuff like that, how long can a player's game be just that and you last in the league, especially at his size? So... I'm not necessarily, you know, sold on his game. I have to see it first in a real gay game, not against the summer league players, but against, you know, the guys like LeBron, AD and stuff like that. So what I did see about Zion and I evaluated while watching his first summer league game against the New York Knicks was that, sure, he's showtime and that's what the crowd gets a kick out of the dunks and stuff like that. But on a skill level, he got his three-point shot blocked two or three times in the short span of time. He played maybe 25 minutes, if that. Uh, I think 20 minutes before they ruled him out because of his bruised knee. 
And those are the things that, you know, he's going to have to be able to do. I'm not saying he needs to be a three-point shooter, but you can't even get your shot. I'm sorry, my phone is going off. You can't get your shot off. That's, you know, a big deal. Uh, Everything can't be a dunk. Uh, And and quite frankly, when you're going up against the bigger guys in the league, it's not going to happen. No, I guess the summer league crew, sure. But I'm not necessarily, I know I'm going on a rant about him quite sold on his game yet. But I still believe that the Pelicans are going to be nice. The Trailblazers, uh, you know, of course, playoff team. They, they've always been one that couldn't quite get over the hump. But I like that they, for the most part, their their team is, they're keeping their team together. And then you add pieces to a, a already really solid team. I would like to see how uh, Damian Lillard continues to improve on his game and stuff like that. He's obviously very comfortable being in Portland and their abilities. He said he's not a guy who is about teaming up and stuff like that. So, you know, you'll see uh, after this season if he changes his mind on that or not, depending on how it goes. Uh, As far as the Jazz goes, I thought that was a pretty good pickup in them as well. And then they bring back solid pieces, of course. Uh, Rudy Gobert just won Defensive Player of the Year and stuff like that. So, uh, interestingly enough, I'll say there were a lot of sleeper moves in the NBA, as we spoke about before, has gotten better in pretty much all aspects. So uh, I think, though, you know, there's there's going to be a few teams who kind of lost and that's going to be a topic. So I won't get into that quite yet. Zay? Yeah, so um, I like Utah probably the most. Um, I, I always thought that they needed an upgrade from Ricky Rubio, and they got it in Mike Conley. I know Mike Conley's getting up there in age, but I think that he'll be able to, to do the job that's needed in Utah. Obviously, I love getting Bogdanovich, another dude who can go get his, because that's what Utah really lacked. Even though Utah was able to get into the playoffs for the past two years and advance in the first round two years ago and take Houston with five or six this year, they clear as day lacked another dude who could go get his outside of Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that you won't win a title in this league with a with a small guard as your best player. It just doesn't happen to me. But uh, I think that they made some good moves in order to get better. Uh, maybe, you know, advance into the second round, maybe even get to a conference final. Um, but I, I I like what Utah did. New Orleans is just going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, like the, I'm, I'm not going to shy away from watching a Pelicans game anymore. Uh, I'm a big believer in Lonzo Ball. Ball control. I think people either love yes, him. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I really like Lonzo, and I think that he's going to be huge for guys like um, Brandon Ingram and Zion. Um, uh, Ty, I'm I'm with you. Zion is more of a spectacle because of the athleticism and because of the size, and because we haven't seen those two things integrated like that into one player. But you know, from a skill standpoint, there's a lot of room to grow. But uh, obviously getting J.J. Reddick was huge because you got a shooter there, too. Um, and, and Portland, you know, Portland to me is just one of those teams where they're, they're obviously just sticking by their formula and they're not going to blow it up. Um, as much as I like C.J. McCollum, uh, McCollum, excuse me, I would have liked for them to add another wing player, a big wing player. But um, for what they did, it was pretty good. They got Whiteside who's going to be able to kind of hold down the fort until Nurkic gets back. I like them getting Kim Baysmore, another dude off the bench who can go kind of kind of get his. I like them keeping Rodney Hood. 
Uh, so I think Portland is still going to be in the mix. I think they really kind of overachieved last year. And it was clear as day when they got to the Western Conference Finals because they just kind of folded. Um, and then Indiana. Indiana did lose some pieces, but them getting Brogdon is really key. I think that's going to hurt Milwaukee losing Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, them losing Bogdanovich is going to kind of hurt too, but you get Lamb, uh, which is good. I'm just ready to see Victor get back. I mean, I'm a huge Oladipo guy. Uh, I w- it, it absolutely sucked when he went down because I thought that that Pacers team really had a shot to upset some teams in the playoffs. But uh, I think out of those teams that you listed, Mike, I would probably lean towards Utah as being the most improved. Mm, I like that. I like that. Uh, so uh, we were talking about the West, and I just want to talk about how, you know, it's essentially a gauntlet now. You know, you got the Lakers who didn't make the playoffs. They're, they're obviously going to be in if everyone stays healthy. You know, you Golden State still there. Clippers got better drastically. They 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 were already good. You know, they beat the Warriors twice last year, and then they add Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, you got Denver, who I think is gonna be good. Uh, you know, they're bringing everybody's coming back, and you know, that was their first you know real year of getting playoff experience. They're gonna be back. Um, you can never count the Spurs out. Uh, Houston, obviously. Uh, and then Trailblazers, and then you got all these, you got all these other teams that could make a case, that could sneak in and get the AC possibly. You know, uh, Dallas, they got Porzingis, um, and Luka Dantage, and you got the Kings who were exciting last year. They're gonna be good, and the Pelicans. I don't, although I don't think the Pelicans are gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna be a lot of fun to watch. But what do you guys think of the Western Conference? Like it's, it's a gauntlet. Mm, yeah, I, I I think the West is gonna be where it's at. To be honest, the the West is truly because it's like you don't forget about Houston. Um, of course the the Clippers move we spoke about that in the beginning. That's gonna make it even more up in the air now as opposed to who wins. L. A. Clearly got better, and that's what LeBron was fiending for. Like he wants to win so bad. Um, and then I'm trying to think about the other teams in the West who are going to be solid as well. You guys can go because I just lost my train of thought. But anyway, like I said, I think the West is going to be phenomenal. I'm actually um, excited to see how that goes. Golden State still. I don't think Golden State is going to be completely trash. Actually, not one bit. I think they'll. I think they'll be fine. Will they win as many games? No, but I think they're still going to be good, especially because they're just well-managed and well-coached, too. You forget skill and all that stuff. They still are going to be a solid squad. Zach? Yeah, so I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about Kawhi and Paul George going to the Clippers. We saw how Kawhi was on the low management thing, and people are saying that that's going to be the, the new norm, but... I don't know if they can afford to do that in the Western Conference, man, because it's, it's going to be a dogfight every single night. And selfishly, this is the worst thing that could have had. It's the worst, best thing that could have happened, because ever since I moved up here to the East Coast, I had to adjust to games literally coming on at 1040, like 1045. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there like, bro, like, yeah, I love it. But it's it's hard to stay up and try to watch these games. But these are the these are going to be the better games. Right. And so I'm just like, Jesus. But now, I mean, it's it's literally every single night. You know what I mean? And even some of those lower tier teams or younger teams such as Sacramento and Dallas, 
uh, Denver. I'm really excited to see how they look. I'm a huge Luka supporter, and and I love Porzingis. We have yet to see what those two look like together. Yep. And and I think that's going to be huge. Sacramento, they have to get better because they were really one of the most fun teams to watch last year. De'Aaron Fox improved a lot. Buddy Hill, to me, also should have been in conversation for most improved player. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, uh, I I think that it sucks that they did lose Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, he was really good for them, man, really good for them. But uh, Marvin Bagley had a really good year last year. I don't know about paying, paying Harrison Barnes that much bread, but, I mean, to each his own. Um, uh, really, the, 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 the— At this point, you got to do what you got to do to try to get some players. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true enough. I think that the three worst teams in the West would just be Memphis, Phoenix, and OKC. And, I, you know, I think literally everybody else after that is going to be pretty relevant in some form or fashion. And uh, Houston, to me, didn't really do much. San Antonio didn't really do a whole lot of anything to get better, too. But, um, again, I, I'm just really excited because there, there's literally not going to be a bad Western Conference game that comes on ESPN, TNT, whatever the case may be. And uh, I'm, I'm literally going to be ha- I'm going to have to be locked in every single night. It's going to be great. Those ticket prices going to be bad. So our funny thing is, right, like, you know how since since we live in D.C., we're only going to be able to catch these guys once a year. And I was thinking about it, like when the Clippers come into town, can I buy my ticket in advance? Because I don't know if Kawhi is going to play or not, you know, and I want the full experience. And, you know, <laughs> actually, um, Yeah, I was actually listening to something where they were talking about. Oh, it was Andre Iguodala's interview on The Breakfast Club. And he was talking about how he's actually had fans ask him before, like, why aren't you playing like we bought tickets to like see you guys play and you're not suiting up tonight and yeah people travel from all over but luckily you know we're we're close wizards whatever but yeah you you don't know if a player is going to play you spent all that money coming to the game and you find out maybe like a couple hours before like this person won't be suiting up tonight and it's like dang yeah, I feel like it's just going to be really hard to try to buy a ticket so far in advance. You know what I mean? And, and like, that's the bad thing, too, about it being in Washington because the Wizards aren't very good. So players yeah, going to be taking nights off for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially against yeah. the Wizards. It's going to be like, okay. I'm going to be like, yeah, I think uh, um, we're going to manage my foot tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> Wizards don't even got a GM or a full roster. Huh. We got IT, right? <laughs> yeah, they got they got IT. They got they got IT, man. I'm I'm rooting for them. But I got one last thing, and I wanted to. What is your biggest winners and losers? I think we might all have a consensus on the biggest winner. But what's your biggest winners and losers? I mean, no, I mean. If we are being like, okay, not talking about teams who didn't do anything in free agency, the Wizards are absolutely the biggest loser. Um, the damn Washington they, Wizards! I just don't know what they're doing. Like, it, it's kind of a sad time. If people are still truly Wizards fans, it is a very bad time to be a Wizards fan. Like, <laughs> truly. I love the idea of building around Bradley Bill, but who are they building around him with? Like, okay, no, but, like, for real, like, you bring in Isaiah Thomas to school, John Wall, um, Coach Brooks was on the Summer League talking last night, and he was like, yeah, we're going to let John Wall sit out as long as he needs to. We won't force him or rush him back or anything like that, and that's cool and all. I respect it, 
But what are you going to do in the midst of John Wall not being there? Who is Bradley Bill's go-to? They said everybody needs a sidekick. I don't think Bradley Bill has a true sidekick. So th- that's the loser to me. They they did nothing. They made no type of moves. And even if they did try, I don't think anybody was going. So, yeah, I, shout out to the home team. I want them to be better. I truly do. But right now, it's just like a very bad time to be a Wizards fan. I can agree. Backless move in the night, but um, we we all know all the big players is is gone and set. You know, unless unless Westbrook wants to demand to play with Bradley Bill or something, <laughs> 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 that wouldn't happen for you. All right, Zay, biggest winner, biggest loser. Uh, biggest winner got to be the Clippers. Obviously, uh-huh. um, little brother finally got a chance to overtake big brother in LA. So that's going to be interesting to see. Biggest loser. You know, I think it's got to be Houston. And That's mine. That's mine. Yeah, you, you know, man, obviously this thing is just not going to work because you had a chance to be Golden State and everything was, I mean, it was laid out for the basketball gods could not have done a better job of giving you that opportunity to beat them. And all we had to hear for a whole year was if Chris Paul was healthy, if Chris Paul was healthy. Well, he was, and then Kevin Durant wasn't, and yet they still lost. So, uh, obviously, the 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 rift between James Harden and Chris Paul has been alleged. Uh, I don't know how true it is, but regardless, Chris Paul is is getting up there in age, and James Harden is ball dominant, extremely ball dominant. Everything begins and ends with James Harden. We that that was like a very questionable move when it happened. They exceeded everyone's expectations when they played together. But I think now it's starting to look like what we expected it to look like when it first happened. Right. And so, you know, whether they were going to get Jimmy Butler and add him to the Chris Paul, James Harden or replace Chris Paul with Jimmy Butler, whatever, um, they just stayed the same. You know what I mean? And in the West, if you stay the same, you get worse because everybody yeah. else is better. So, um, you know, and then also I don't like how they play basketball. The whole analytics thing to me is just kind of whack and lame. But that's something that gives the nerds more. I'm not going to go into that rant, but, you know, whatever. Um, They just didn't do anything. And so, yeah, they'll they'll probably be relevant because James Harden has mastered the regular season. Right. And and he's mastered the art of dominating in the regular season. But, you know, like when it comes down to the playoffs at this point, I don't take them seriously at all. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, my biggest winner was the Clippers and Houston was my biggest loser because, like you said, they stayed the same. And you can't stay the same because everybody, almost everybody in the league made a move. Yeah. And did they, did they, all they did was just sign their players back. They re-signed Austin Rivers and um, Gerald Green. They, they, they literally stayed the same. <laughs> they, they, they literally stayed the same. They didn't do anything. And, I mean, that's fine and dandy in the regular season, but we're just going to see the same thing happen in the playoffs that's been happening. And we'll probably see it earlier this time around. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, This this was quite an episode. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I just saw a tweet that says, Zion, shoot like that football player that come in the gym and want to (laughs) see that thing right quick. (laughs) That's all I wanted to add. I thought that was I seen that. I seen that tweet. Hey, what y'all think about KD uh switching his jersey number to seven? I don't like it. 
Well, they changed like- for Colin Kaepernick is what I'm reading. Oh, that's so fire. Oh, All right, if that's what it is, I love it then. But that, that's what weird. I read. There's no official, uh, you know, tweet out about it. But a lot of people are saying, according to the Twitter world, that is that he switched his jersey number for Colin Kaepernick because that's the number that he wore. If that's the case, that's dope. But if it's not, then it's weird. It's gonna be weird seeing him wearing number seven. Uh. Katie is Katie Trey Five, man. You know what I'm saying? But I want to thank you guys so much for your time. This was this was a long episode. Um, but I really, really appreciate you guys. Ty, you know, you were amazing. Xavier, you know, it's your first time coming on the show, man. Uh, I really appreciate both of you. Hey, look, man, this this is something I honestly, bro, I've been waiting to get on this. Uh, I can't wait to send it to all the homies. You know what I'm saying? So that they can uh, check out your work. Uh, bro, I, I want to do this again. This was great. Ty, you were great, too. Like, I love this vibe. You know what I'm saying? It was dope. This this is definitely a vibe. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed it as well. It was fun. Sorry if I kept y'all too long. I know, you know, it's 10 p.m. now, but I really appreciate you guys. That's all I could really say. But uh, to my audience, I want to thank if you guys got to the end. Uh, hats off to you man you know bravo bravo like i appreciate it if you guys got all the way to the end of episode 93 i i really really appreciate it you know if you want to listen to it you know break it up in segments you know 30 minutes here 30 minutes there you could do that but i really appreciate you know everybody that's been rocking with me especially the ones that's been rocking with me since day one uh you know this is episode 93 you know we're approaching some huge milestones but i gotta Shout out to Takira, shout out to Zay for coming on Shout out to B. Jones, my producer Shout out to everybody that's been rocking with me And this is Mike Curry signing out Episode number 93 is done Peace